This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Australian survivor is a... Hello everyone and welcome to RHAP's coverage of Survivor 42 for Survivor Global. I'm your host Shannon Gast here to talk about what I, what I truly think is episode 11. Like I'm noticing that our graphics aren't really matching the title. I don't even know 10 or 11 or 12. I don't know where we're at, but it was the episode with Do or Die, okay? We're at the final seven. We're all on the same page with that. Uh, I thought it was a really fun episode. I loved it. I'm so glad Do or Die didn't hit, and we got this incredible vote instead. And I have such a great guest to talk about it with me. It is the first American on Survivor Global to talk about U.S. Survivor. Um, it is our good fortune that she's an Australian Survivor contestant. That is the loophole getting her on this international franchise of RHAP. Please welcome the great princess, Nina Twine. Nina, thank you for Hello. being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, I know that you were catching up on the season because obviously you were traveling, you you played Survivor, you were on Survivor, a lot going on during the season, but you've caught up and I'm just so appreciative that you're here to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Honestly, just the invite was really, really helpful to push me to make sure that I'm watching it (laughs) because it was like work and this and that, but I'm glad I caught up. Yeah, I wanted to ask you because, you know, this is watching another season for the first time since you've become a Survivor player. What have you been thinking about the whole season? What have your feelings been? And how does it kind of change now watching it, having played a version of the show, a different, very different version, a much longer version? But, you know, you are a Survivor player now, so I'm sure that affects the viewing experience. A hundred percent it affects it because then when I'm watching, I'm like, man, you can see little bits of when people are talking, but you can't hear the audio or it kind of cuts off. And I'm like, oh, I want to see what they finish saying. Oh, I want. But then it kind of doesn't it'll defeat the purpose of the suspense when you head to tribal, because then you would know exactly where some people are standing. And so, you know, I understand it. But there are a lot of things I catch now that I did not catch before. Mm-hmm. And are you liking the season? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. They, it's nonstop. Um, go, 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 which is intense. And I know for them, it's not easy because I couldn't imagine that. Um, but I love the fact that there's always something going on. Yeah. What are the characters that have really stood out to you? Like, who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Omar, um, mm-hmm. mainly because his approach I can see similarities or at least things that I would like Mm. um, if I was out there. 
Um, I really like Mike. I feel like maybe he's a little bit too upfront, but we can see now that he's starting to go away from that, which is really good. Um, I like Lindsay. I like Marianne. I like Marianne as a player out there. Um, I could see possibly working with her, but I know a lot of people say, you know, she's like a, a really big character and that's who she is. And that's great. But you know, when you're hungry and you're this and you're that, you kind of, your perspective changes a little bit. Um, but I do love her personality. If that mm. makes sense. Like, I'm, I don't know how to, like, as a person, I think I'd get along with yeah, her. I love her as a player. Yeah. I would have to so see sad. how she is mm. there in real mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I mean, Marianne's kind of been like beating to her own drum, kind of doing stuff on the outside, but I think she's going to ramp it up from here because you can tell that she's aware of her perception, aware of the fact that she's hanging back and it's working because look at how they're so threatened by Drea's extra vote. I'm not sure why, what that extra vote was going to do to them. It's not even like, you know, we've had to talk about the seal of vote. What could even the seal of vote do? I mean, the seal of vote, we, there's been conversations that we could at least take away the opportunity for shot in the dark. The extra vote can't do much, but it was still this thing that, that was putting this target on Drea. It's not been that for Mary. So she's been playing an individual game, but I think that she has potential for the future. Um, Yeah, so there's so many great characters on the season. And I have to say, like, I really love the season. I think it's building to something great. The cast is amazing. This episode was phenomenal. I really think it's, yeah, if it finishes strong, it's just such a top tier season. And I just wanted to say on a personal level, apologies if my sound isn't uh, like usual. I I had a not a great week. My grandfather unfortunately passed away. I had to jump on a plane the next morning to South Africa with my mom. So I'm in the hotel trying to do trying to do this podcast, but all that to say is that you know watching the episode was the most fun I had all week, lowest of bars. But I loved it, and I and I had that moment that I often have, which is like I love the show, I'm grateful for the show, I'm grateful to immerse myself in something when I can mm-hmm. in a in a difficult week like this, and just have fun with it. And I'm so glad you or die didn't hit because that would have sent me over the edge of this week. <laughs> it didn't hit. We got instead this really cool thing. We got these awesome plans. And I love how you say that you kind of relate to Omar because when he's talking through his plans in confessional, I could see you doing it because you always gave the audience that and you would talk through your options and kind of consider everything. So we're definitely going to talk about that from Omar's perspective. But yeah, yep. to get that strategy, like we'll talk about do or die and everything, but it failed and knowledge of power failed. And this was just a great episode around things failing. And I just, I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree because um, it, it kept me on the edge of my seat because I'm like, oh, my God, what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. How it, will it matter? How does Lindsay feel? I'd be destroyed, but you still have to play the game because it could be in your favor. Like it, it was just so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that they they showcased it really well. The whole thing with the, with the flashback of them swapping the idol after we get it during Tribal Council. So much fun editing. Um, earlier in the episode, Mike. He's throwing Romeo under the bus and he has confessionals where he's throwing Romeo under the bus and, and he gives mm-hmm. his like trademark Mike word that is against Romeo and he's with the Alliance and we assume that it's all against Romeo and then the big reveal he tells Omar that it's all a plan against Drea and we mm-hmm. as the audience have been led to believe it's really Romeo and then we have this like audience blind side so it's again that fun little editing just really elevating this awesome cast somehow production is not ruining it although it kind of feels like they're trying to um, <laughs> but it's going well it's going well circumstantially and in the positive things that are playing out. So I want to ask you about Do or Die, because it's yep. got Australian survivor tendencies. It could be not a non-alim, but a non-vote. 
mm-hmm. and it encourages conservative gameplay in that way because maybe we're not actually going to a vote so should we be strategizing like there's so much stuff here that connects to au for me so what mm-hmm. do you think about do or die as a twist uh like it's <laughs> it's not my favorite um mm. as a fan watching it i'm like holy crap what's gonna happen what you know as a player I don't think I would like it as much unless it was in my favor. You know, that's that's always the bias is you watch something and be like, oh, man, no, never. But if I was in her shoes and I got the fire flame, oh, I'd love it. You know, mm-hmm. um, however, when things hinder strat chat yeah. um, and actual kind of what you're there for, it's not my favorite thing. I get it. You know, once is enough. But I would almost, I think the only reason I wouldn't like it is because I do enjoy that strat chat and it would feel kind of weird because like a lot of people even said, I don't even know what to do. Like it, it just adds another layer upon these 10 layers that are already there. If I changed anything, I would possibly do it at a different point. Like maybe if you get a skull um, and you're in danger, you can't participate in the immunity challenge or, you know, something like that, that doesn't hinder tribal. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, I don't know where it would fit in exactly. Um, Maybe everybody would get something and whoever picks the gray rock doesn't get to play or whoever picks the black rock chooses who plays something like that, but nothing that actually hinders the tribal council atmosphere because I I get it and it's very interesting as a viewer but as a player I'm like when I get those feelings of man what's the point of strategizing that's Mm -hmm. what I don't like when I have that thought I'm like "Mm, maybe this is not one of my favorite things but if I was Lindsay or even uh what Deshaun last uh season yeah I'd be happy you know (laughs) so it's kind of one of those things that it's a bias um and if anything maybe earlier in the game you know, not when it's mm-hmm. down the line like it is now. Yep. People don't like that it took away the final seven vote. Um, and what's already been a very interrupted post-merge from production for both seasons. And I, I understand what you're saying about like, maybe there could be games of chance that don't mean there's no vote. You know, you, you still get that excitement. Like Lindsay says, I love Survivor when she gets a flame. Like maybe we can have other games of chance that are maybe more lower stakes without it being exactly. like, but then we're not even going to go to a vote because I know we said it last season, but it felt really, really tragic this season in particular when Omer's like, here are three plans. Now the three plans are like, Dre is going to steal Mike's idol, which would have been crazy. Or uh-huh. we're going to, we're going to outsmart knowledge's power, which was the biggest moment of season 41. So that yep. would be crazy. Or we're going to steal Mike's idol, Sam style, which was the biggest moment of Australian survivor blood versus water. Ironically, Omer had seen neither of these seasons, but all yep. three plans are so massive. And you're like, wow. Whatever happens with that, that'll be fascinating. And he's like, but none of it may matter. He literally says that. And the last yeah. six minutes after Lindsay wins Do or Die, and it doesn't hit, were incredible six minutes of television. I mean, Drea tries to steal the idol. It's outsmarted. She gets blindsided. She has that phenomenal exit. We would have lost all that content. And Lindsay just would have had to walk off sad with her tiny, tiny little skull box. So small, all the boxes again. <laughs> so, so what's better TV? And I really hope that that crystallized for production, how great that cast is and that it's not even about stifling gameplay. Like this means there's no vote. They would eliminate gameplay and that gameplay is dynamic. So I really hope this crystallized to them not to mess with the vote. Uh, The vote is sacred. I hope that they saw that in this because they need to trust their cast and 
I think they got extremely lucky for two seasons that, yep. you know, no one went home on the tiny box. I completely agree. Cause when it eliminates gameplay, it then, you know, imagine being a producer and you're watching this like, man, this is kind of boring. And it's like, well, because mm-hmm. you introduced this thing that takes away yeah. everybody's incentive to really get out there, get down and dirty. Um, but yeah, like we said, I think it would just be better at a different point in the game or at a different part of the game, whether it's a reward or immunity mm-hmm. or like a head start type thing. Like if you get a flame, you get a head start or, you know, something like that, but completely random because I know so many people also say when certain things happen in the game, it's like, oh, that was rigged. Oh, that no, like it's not. Um, So it's like mm. maybe they just need to incorporate it in a different part. So people feel maybe like it's more fair or something like that. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No details. Well, one thing they do is they again don't tell the players what the game of chance is, what the odds are going to be. They do not explain Monty Hall as a concept to the players. But a big difference from 41 was that we had you know, only a couple of people sitting out in 41 and almost everyone sitting out here, which I, I loved. And even Lindsay, who didn't sit out, regretted it. And I really appreciated the cast, but just really snubbing to want to hire as a, as a concept. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the decision for... But pretty much everyone. I mean, most people sat out. Lindsay does it. We'll talk we'll talk yeah. a lot about that decision probably. And Jonathan does it as well. What were you thinking about those approaches for the players? As they were... So this is something too that has changed my perspective. Um, as people are making decisions, I almost act like I was there or if I was a specific mm-hmm. player, what I would do. In my head, I was like, man, I don't want to say a bad word. Screw that. I'm sitting out. <laughs> But then I'm thinking, oh, wait, you got to do it very calmly because you can't like Omar. He can't be like, man, I'm good. Y'all ain't got nothing. You know, you have Mm -hmm. to be calm about it and you have to make sure nobody sees it as like, wait, why are they comfortable? Wait, why? You know, so I'm glad they did. Um, And because of Lindsay's outcome, I'm glad she didn't sit out. But if, you know, she said it herself, it could have been a million dollar mistake. So I think that's one of those things that's like, 
Another reason why I kind of didn't like it is because they're taking them at a very vulnerable point in the game. And it could literally like, like uh, how Drea went out. She was happy because things were put into place and they happened. It wasn't a rock and a box. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was meaningful. Where if Lindsay went home, it'd be like, oh, a box did that? Like, this isn't deal or no deal. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad she participated. But if she had gotten that skull, I wouldn't be glad. Um, And I understand why Jonathan did it. Um, I think he has a competitive nature to him. But he also, if I was him, I would be scared. And I was thinking in my head, too, like, I never, ever, ever had the thought of I'm sitting out of this challenge. Maybe I'd go last or maybe I'd go first. But that would be an internal conflict I'd have to deal with right then and there, depending on my position, because I would never really want to sit out of a challenge. But when you have something like that presented to you that you could literally go home, well, that there's something that's going to happen. Like, do you Mm -hmm. really want to risk it if you're in a decent spot? Yeah, I mean, I think that the decision is pretty clear. It's interesting what you say about the wrinkle being where you don't want to seem like you're safe. And that's another really great kind of social moment from Omar when he talks about at Tribal Council, how he's just like hated gym class. You know, maybe it's not that I feel so comfortable, which he obviously does, but maybe it's more about the fact that I think I'll lose the challenge. And can we kind of put the emphasis on that? So I think for all of them, we'll talk about Jonathan, but for everyone else, I think the decision is clear that you don't play. I was pretty clear on that last season because you know, and Romeo verbalizes this in a way that I thought was great. There's an opportunity of immunity for you because the first round is going to be do or die. You may never get to a vote. Jeff even says that immunity that Jonathan risked his whole game for, it might not even come into play. So you've got to first get through do or die, which you yeah. do by sitting out and that's in your hands and that's your agency. And then you have to go to a vote and then you still have to be voted out. So you can hopefully make things work for you at that point. So for, for everyone, especially people who have perceived trinkets, idols, Mike, Drea, Marianne, who have an out here. You'd never risk your game on that. Romeo, you know, talks about the opportunity for immunity. He looks like he'd probably also not be great at the challenge, so he's not yeah. going to do it. And Omer and Lindsay are just so central that for them it doesn't make much sense to play. Um, Lindsay vocalized herself, you know, what a bad decision it was for her. And I, and I really liked that she immediately knew because it spoke to kind of how out of character it was for something who's been making perfect decisions. Like I truly felt like this and then probably Monty Hall were the only actually logically wrong choices she's made the entire game but she knew that this was bad and 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 I like that I like that she was like I've been making great decisions and this one was clearly wrong and I know that and it was an emotional decision because she didn't need Jonathan out like she backed herself and she is a strong player and I get it from that perspective Mm -hmm. but she didn't need to risk her game on that because she wanted Jonathan out and I get it we spoke about it last week there's merit to that but she didn't need him out she didn't need to risk her game for it so for her I think obviously the wrong decision there and for Jonathan, I never thought I'd say that anyone should play do or die, but I actually think Jonathan made the right decision to play. Like, he's super strong. He has a really good chance to win. He is actually in trouble at a vote. Yep. And I also think he's such a physical player. That's his whole game and perspective and approach and the way people perceive him. And, like, if you're going to get to a final tribal council, but you're, like, sitting out of challenges and backing down to the challenge when you were, like, 100% a physical player and that's your thing, how will yeah. the jury look at that? Like, I think he kind of has to front up to that. So I thought that was fine for Jonathan and I love them all sitting out. And I think the only person who made the wrong decision was Lindsay, but she knew that. So all in all, I thought like pretty good decision-making all around from the players. Agreed. Yeah. I want to say as well that the show had a one in nine shot of getting both votes in season 41 and 42 because Lindsay and Deshaun both went against Monty Hall. It would have been four and nine had they made the correct Monty Hall decision, but they both got it right. 
So the show is so lucky. I hope the show never goes back to the, the do or die well in this capacity. I hope they say never again. You got out of it alive. Uh, somehow you both, you know, picked, picked the, the, the right box and stuck with the choice. And we got an actual vote. So the show got out of it. But I want to talk about Omar. As I, do, yes. I feel like this podcast is just like, it would be call it Survivor Global, but really it's like Survivor. We talk about what Omar's doing because he's <laughs> doing every week with his, his plans. But it really did remind me of your confessionals because he has all of these options. And I want to go through every option with you and talk about it because I think they all have pros and cons. So basically, yep. these are the three plans. And then we'll talk about maybe some other options. But here's what he verbalizes to us. So they can let Drea play knowledge as power. That's the first thing. That's the most passive move because it's her move. I mean, you still have control to change it. So you're making a move in that. But you're letting her play knowledge as power. Take Mike's idol. Mike goes home. Or what they do. You, you counteract that, double-cross Drea, go back, swap with Mike, keep Mike as an ally. That's very much team Mike. You're with Mike. You keep him in the game. You vote out Drea. And I think with the intention of giving the idol back to him, that's what they do. Yeah. Or you double-double-cross. You go back to Mike, you double-cross Drea. Um, you get him to give you an idol, but then um, you double-cross him. So it's a double play on um, then voting him out so you can keep the idol, which, again, stealing the idol, that's, that's what Sam was doing probably at a similar time of filming. Um, so yep. it's funny that they kind of had this, this intention and that Omar still could do it um, and take Mike's idol and not give it back. So those are the three plans. They, they build in intensity and in ruthlessness, I think, in just kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, you know, letting it happen, blindsiding uh, Drea and then blindsiding Mike and Drea and working with neither of them. I think they're all very interesting plans. I think that they're all kind of season highlight plans. I think they're all fascinating. Um, and yeah, I do think that they all have merit. So. I want to talk about it from Omar's perspective, especially. I know Lindsay had a big part of this, and we'll talk about it from her, but I think it's clearer for her. For Omar, for me, there's a conflict in wanting the move, the flashy move for sure. Um, so you're like, you know, letting Drea steal, that's her, her move. But then the main thing for me is like, Drea's a big threat, and you do want Drea out. We spoke about this yeah. last week. But a big part of it for me is in activating the amulet. Omar is someone who, if he gives the idol back to Mike, does not have trinkets, does not have protection in this very blocked up endgame, and he's actively going out to vote someone out that will activate an idol in the game that wouldn't exist otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are kind of the conflicts I'm looking at as we look at these plans. So let's look at the first plan first, where they just let Drea steal Mike's idol and Mike will go home. So they're not doing much, letting her steal, voting with Drea, team Drea on this, we're working with Drea, close relationship. What would you think are good points and bad points about just letting Drea play knowledge as power on Mike? One, you don't really get anything out of it. Um, like they say, sometimes you really do have to take the backseat and not every move is going to be your move. But at this mm-hmm. point in the game, you need to be a part of it in some way that's a little bit bigger than just standing back. Um, and then just Mike being salty about it just because of the type of person he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what would happen next, especially if Drea then says, oh, Omar was the only person who knew. Like, is she going to keep that to herself? And if she doesn't, how is that going to hinder your game? Yeah, um, I think that's a great point. Yeah, because I was thinking a, a pro for this is that Drea gets the heat from Mike, who is 100% going to be a salty juror if he winds up on the jury. But mm-hmm. you're right in that they could compare notes and if Drea says at some point, maybe in a final travel council next to him, or if she ever goes to Jury Villa, sorry, listen to me, to Ponderosa, okay. um, then he could know that Omar knew about it and let it happen and he could still get heat. So he doesn't even get the benefit of like Drea getting all of Mike's clear anger as he, I think he would be really salty about it. Exactly. And 
the fact that he told Lindsay about it was a little bit like, I'm, I'm glad he did it. So it wasn't just like, no one knew. Um, because then I think that gives him a little bit of like, no, I did share it with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the reason I chose her was because she doesn't show any emotion. She doesn't, you know, tell other people. So I'm sorry that I didn't tell you, but I really had to keep it on the download to make sure whatever happened, whatever choice it was, um, happened and didn't get sabotaged by somebody else who's trying to do their own thing and then twist it up. Um, but yeah, so Drea doing her thing, I think is going to be the safest, but still there is a con there that if there is going to be a con, I want to at least do something. You know what I'm saying? If, if Mike is going to end up finding out, or if Drea is going to end up telling people that I knew about it and didn't share it with them, I want to at least have something come out of it rather than mm-hmm. just be like, Oh, she told everybody. Now they're mad at me because I didn't share with them and they thought I was their number one. You know, I want to at least be like, well, at least I got to get rid of this or got to do that. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's no full on benefit because she is copying the most heat, but there's still something that could happen that could negatively affect your game. Yeah, I feel like Oma's been too active a player to let this happen and let it be Dreya's move. Exactly. For good and for bad, but he is trying to build resume points, and we've been talking Ooh. about him from a jury perspective this whole time. Will people know? I think yes, very much at this point. Will people be mad? Um, Dreya goes out as another very enthusiastic and happy juror, so I'm hoping not, but he's really trying to like stack the resume as he should because he has an incredible resume. I just think, so from, from a con perspective, like, yeah, it, it's her move. Like, it's her resume point. Like, that's just not how Oma's playing the game. Uh-huh. I also think that Drea is a bigger threat. Yeah. Um, so you've left her in the game. You've taken out Mike. Like, he seems to want to take Mike out. And it's probably maybe from an amulet perspective that he doesn't want Drea out to activate that that idol. But I really do think from just a pure player perspective, even if Mike has his idol and Drea doesn't have anything, like, I still think Drea is the biggest threat. Like, I would be really, really worried about Drea. So I think that those are cons for me. I agree. Um, I feel like Mike, you can gauge him a little bit more. Andrea, you can't. Um, And of course, we don't really see them in a more casual setting. So, you know, like those late night chats and stuff that you guys don't see, you can really get a lot from people. So it's like maybe he can see a little bit more in Mike than he can Andrea, or maybe he gets along with Mike a little bit more, or maybe he which, I mean, obviously, he can get Mike to do things that benefit him. He can't get Drea to do nothing. Mm. The fact, I mean, she told him about her advantage, but she told him super, super late. So she knew about it this whole time. Just now told me where Mike was straight up with you from the jump. And I know he's not against him, but that's almost like my perspective is I've got somebody who's up in the air and I've got somebody who's against me. I know they're against me, though. This other person, I don't know what's going on. I'd rather be like, look, I know you're against me, but let's try and do something. Like, you know where Mike's head is at for the most part. Drea, you never really know. Yeah, that's why I feel like this was such a hard one for Uma because Drea is the, t- the perfect target, I feel, from a player perspective, but she just does activate another idol in the game. And I think that that's, I spoke about it last week. I'm like, I don't know what he should do about this. I think it's a really, really tough position. So from a pro perspective with, with this move, if they leave Dre in the game to take out Mike, it does mean the amulet isn't activated. Oma seems to really want to take out Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that seems to be his intention. And he's scared about it from an idol perspective. That solves all of that. All of that, I'm sure, is tied up in the amulet. So it does get that done for him. 
uh, I think just yeah in, in letting in letting Michael out over Drea, but you leave that big threat in. And the the big pro for this, I think, in letting Drea make the move and letting it be her move is that do or die, like the non-alums of Australian Survivor, incentivizes more conservative gameplay. Now, this is the most conservative of, of the moves, that, as we've spoken about. Yep. So it does mean that if they never go to a vote and Lindsay goes home, you know, there's nothing that's going to be found out. He's kept loyal to Drea. If Mike's going to find out, it'd be more heat on Drea. Every move as he builds up, and he gets, to, I think, like a middle ground of it. He doesn't do the double-double crosses we've talked about, where he goes to kind of like the middle option of betraying Drea, but sticking with Mike. Um, but that's still much more of a move than letting Drea really take the reins on this for a vote that may not even happen. So I think because Do or Die does incentivize that more conservative gameplay, there's some pro there to, to just letting this happen. But it's something we've spoken about, like Sam spoke about it in her deep dive. Like she just felt like she needed to play her game. And I think there's merit in that too, especially when there's so few rounds. Like are you going to really waste a round of doing what you want to do because it might not happen? There's probably a lot of merit to that. But you also as a player need to take the game to your own hands in a 26-day game, there's not a lot of opportunity left. Like you want to drive it the way that you do and then just try and cover for it if it goes poorly and production is against you in that way. So I do get it, but I think that the the fact that there could be no vote, that would make me more scared to then start building on this move. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Because, I mean, just imagine... And I think he probably saw an opportunity because people were being more conservative that he could mm. really do some mastermind type stuff without anybody really paying attention um which i think was a really good idea like the fact that he had all of that going on and everybody else is kind of like oh we'll see what happens like that's when uh who's i can't remember who said it maybe high before he left that's when like the real big players come out yeah so he does build up to this next move which is what they do so i want to get your thoughts on it so they mm-hmm. Change the idol, outsmart Knowledge's power to take Drea out. So they've burned a Knowledge's power. They're fully working with Mike. At this point, I think the intention is to give him back the idol, but we'll talk about it. They've chosen to betray Drea at this point. What do you think about the move of what they actually did? I think it was a good idea. And I think because of Drea's reaction. Now, although she did out him and say what she said to Mike, there are some players that you know when they leave, they are salty. Not saying Drea is it, but I mean, like, you know, they're just going to dog you once they get to Jury Villa or Ponderosa. So seeing Drea's reaction, in my mind, I feel like Omar probably had an idea that Drea is going to be mad, but she's going to respect the game where Mike would just be salty, period. And he probably wouldn't hug anybody. He probably wouldn't say anything. So I'm glad he did what he did. And I'm glad that he spoke to Lindsay about it. And who knows who else he may have spoken to about it. Um and got it done. It was very impressive. Um, I think it brought Mike closer to him, which was really good for multiple reasons, because now there's an idol that he knows exactly where it is in Lindsay's hands. He has Mike's idol in his pocket. We'll see if he gives it back or not. And then, yeah, Dre is salty, but if Omar's at the end, he can just pitch straight to her and be like, you know, you respect the game. So imagine if you were me or you saw the opportunity I saw, there's no way you wouldn't take it. Like he would have a pitch to Drea specifically. Um, and I, I think based on her exit, she would respect it and be like, man, this is wild. Like I said, if I'm going to go out, I want to go out like this. Um, mm. So I think of the three, it was the best option. Mainly because of how Drea left the game. Um, yeah. 
I yeah. Yeah, I mean, it balances do or die, as we're saying. Like, it is a more ruthless move, but it's not, like, the most ruthless. So, like, in case there's not going to be a vote, there's less for you to cover if you come back to camp. So that's that's probably a good thing. Um, You keep Mike as an ally. My assumption, and we'll talk about it, was the intention was to give Mike the idol back. Because I think if he was going to play and steal it, and, yep. you know, in what he was intending to do, I think they would have voted Mike out. So I think that he's trying to, like, really stick with Mike on those, keep Mike on side. So you've got that ally. It's still your really cool move. Um, hopefully, you know, Drea will respect that. And you take out the major threat in Drea. That's the big thing to me that, I, that as we talk about, I think that Drea is the really, really big threat. I think it leaves you in quite a flexible spot where you could do something else with the idol if you want to. We can see how that goes and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, you could you could work with Mike going forward. Maybe you could turn against him possibly. That You could go for Jonathan. Like, I just think that there is some flexibility here where we'll talk about some other options I think were just a little bit more limiting. My biggest con is that it, it does activate the amulet. And if you're going to give the idol back, now Oma's very vulnerable. It's such a blocked up endgame. It's, it's, it's a concerningly blocked up endgame. We have three idols now at a final six. Someone's going to win immunity. Shot on the dark is done. And the amulet expires at six. And he has allies. You know, if they win immunity, like if Lindsay wins at six, she could play it on him. She could play the idol on him. He has connections, but I'm just worried about the vulnerability away from the trinkets. That's the biggest thing for me about this move. Yeah. Otherwise, I like the move to take out Drea. I think she's the biggest target. I think it's a really cool move. You've done it well. It was the coolest move of last season. You know, yeah. when when Yasa did that, that was the highlight of the season. And they just pulled it off. And it's one of just like several things that Omer and Lindsay have been doing in the last few episodes. So, you know, you can't. You can't really be angry at, at a move like that. But the third planet is that much more ruthless. And, and let's talk about that. You're working with Neither. You, you you blindside Drea to go back and have her knowledge of power be nullified, swapped, the, the idol swapped away. Uh, and then you blindside Mike by taking him out. You leave Drea in the game. It's such an antisocial move, but you leave with an idol in your pocket and it's yours and Mike is not there to complain about it in a game that is blocked up with these trinkets. So this is a sad move. This is this is really, really ruthless. What did you think about this as an option for Omar? <sighs> I... I... As a viewer, I think I would really love it and respect it. That would it. be crazy. We saw it with Sam, like, and it was. It was crazy. Yeah, but I think that there would be a little bit too much negativity. It'd be a lot. But the way he is, I think he could possibly navigate it. Like, almost, because it's like, when you get back to camp, what do you tell Drea? Because she knows you were the only person. So you warned Mike. You're not going to calm Drea down unless you then say, dude, I've got the idol, though. Like, we're good. But then but the idol she was meant to be stealing for herself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then she's going to be like, OK, give it to me then because you humiliated me. I yeah. if if he did it as a viewer, I'd be like, oh, crap. But as a player, I'd be like, yo, if I saw him and I knew all of that happened. Oh, my God. I'd be telling everybody about him like. He yeah. would be my target. He would need that idol. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm glad he didn't do it. I think he thought it through well. And like you said, coming back to Drea um, or just in general, that last one would be way too much to handle. And in the pace of this game specifically, since they cut it down, are you actually going to have time to sit Drea down, talk to her, get her back on your side, explain to other people or not explain because Drea is probably going to tell everybody. Um, yeah, no, there's not enough time to really fix 
anything that you tore at that point. I don't, I don't think that somebody to pull that off and not get eliminated next without having won an immunity challenge um, or after that, if they did or use the idol would be phenomenal. I mean, I don't know how they would do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that would be a crazy move. I kind of feel like the first plan of letting Drea do the thing, that's like the social move. It's more passive. You're letting something happen. You're not taking the game into your own hands and just kind of watching from afar, but like maybe less will come back on you. Then you move up to what they actually did. Like that's social strategic. It's about still maintaining the connection with Mike, but you know, you've created this epic blindside on a huge player and you know, there's tons of strategy that, and that really is Omer's game and that's been Omer's game and I think that that's been Lindsay's game as well this will be this is a pure trinket game for me like this is purely antisocial and Omer's not an antisocial player and worst case scenario is do or die hits and then Lindsay his number one ally it seems is out of the game and he's got two people he wasn't planning on working with both in the game Andrea and Mike and if they find out he's done um yeah. and it, you know and he is probably giving the idol back to Mike at that point because they haven't haven't even needed you know debt knowledge power never even came up or he's having to keep it because he knows he's in such a diocese. But either way, it's like a very awkward position for him where he knows he's been trying to do like the most antisocial thing, lost a connection in Lindsay, and now is just kind of really on an island by himself. So I feel like, yeah, this is a, this is a heavy trinket game. And I think that the, the pros of it are in the fact that he would be so well protected, like he wouldn't have activated the amulet um, if Mike goes home here, Andrea stays, and he has Mike's idol. So now he's only got one of two idols. He doesn't know about Marianne's, but you could maybe assume someone has one. So he's got one of two idols. Like he is now one of the most protected players from like an idol perspective. So that's, that's good. Um, but otherwise I just feel like as Sam saw, it, it's maybe, it's maybe a little too ruthless as well. Yeah. Like people are uncomfortable with it when Sam did it. And we, we just spoke about it all season. You don't have long for the jury to come around on that. Like they're either going to really yeah. respect it or they're going to hate that. And some jurors will hate that. Mike, Mike will hate that. Um, and some jurors will think it's awesome. Roxroy, I think, would hate that. It depends. You're, you're taking a gamble because it's such an extreme move. Mm-hmm. And you have left Drea in the game. She does not have a knowledge of power and she doesn't have an idol. But she's still Drea. Like, she's a powerful player. She's out for revenge. Uh, she's, again, a bigger threat than Mike. And Mike's on the jury. He's furious with you. I think you're super limited going forward. Like if you want to take out Jonathan, you can't like, you have to take out Drea. That's like a really pressing concern that stays in the game for you. Furious with you. So I think it kind of boxes him in with protection for sure with the idol, but it's just, it's so antisocial that I just, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that, um, that Oba could do it. Like when Sam did it, firstly, she concealed it in a way that Oma probably you know wouldn't be able to do this this late in the game especially because mike would go out with knowledge of power failing in such a public way and it would be pretty easy to track yeah it's going to come out soon and sam had mark to like take on that that social reins and even that people just hated it for sam so much so i think it's probably just a little bit too much for omar and maybe for anyone it was you know i think it's so fun from a viewer super fun incredible to get it done like i think he would be just running through the rest of the game trying to just just get through it with his one idol as protection, but it would very much change the way he's perceived and it would really just turn the heat up on the last few days of this game, maybe in in an uncomfortable way. Yeah, and like you said, it's who would hate it, who would love it. If, you know, with Sam, she pulled it off. We're like, holy crap. But when the people actually find out she was lying that entire time, instead of as a game player, you're like, oh crap, girl, like you killed it, you did it they're even more furious because they feel like, how could I, you know, I knew everything. How could I have not realized it? Oh my God. You know, they know that they're going to have to watch it back, watch themselves say, 
they don't got nothing. And she's like, ha ha, I've got it. Um, so there's that, you know, anger and having to manage that, you know, like Mark, they're both public speakers, Mark and Sam. So they have that skill. Omar's a veterinarian, not that he does it because he does have to talk to patients and things uh, or their owners. Um, but is it worth the energy, the energy that you're putting Mm. into trying to figure out how to change this? You're missing out on an entire game. That's way too much. Why, why am I going to sit here and try to explain myself a thousand times over? Because you know how these people just have to know everything. I'm missing out on the game. I don't want to have to sit here and talk about something that already happened until I'm final three, final two, whatever it is. Then we'll take the time to sit and talk about it, but I'm not talking about it right now. I got other stuff I'm worried about. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I think to myself, if I was going home next, what would I have wanted to happen? Because yeah, there's, you know, like Lindsay said, her thing could have been a million dollar mistake, that one decision. Um, and that would have sucked because it wouldn't have been anything meaningful. But Omar, like, say, he's next to go or he just doesn't make final whatever he's going to be. There's no way he's not going to be happy that he actually pulled that off. Like there is no way when he looks back at his survivor journey that he's going to be like, man, I regret that. I mean, at least I hope, cause I wouldn't, I'd be like, Holy crap. You know what? I didn't win, but I pulled off some crazy stuff that no, that the best play of the season, like, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's just, and I think like we're saying, we're going through all these ideas and amongst each one of these three ideas, we have 10 bullet points. So it's, it's yeah, part so of the cool. game. It's so hard to really navigate unless you're there. And I, I think it was high. I can't remember who it was that said, you really don't know if the decision you made was correct until it actually happens. And I think he made the correct decision, but we wouldn't know that until, you know, obviously till we watched it or until mm. he made it. Yeah, I just I think look, I would have I would have loved it. <laughs> like had he like stolen my battle. Like obviously I, as a viewer, I would have loved it. It would have been so extreme. I do think this cast more than your cast maybe would have appreciated. I feel like it and of, you've obviously we talked about demographics. We've talked about female yeah. villains versus the way that Omar's been able to kind of lean into that villainy in a way that the audience seems to be loving, you know, TBD on the jury. But from from a demographic perspective, as like the nerdy, clear super fan, like people tend to like when you're a little villainous in it and it's fine. And this is a cast of super fans in a way that your cast I don't think was. So I feel like maybe they were like, Well, what are you doing? And even with like Australian Survivor, it's more in its infancy. There's a like even from an audience perspective, it's like, wow, we you know, we don't we don't do that. Like it's, that's against the integrity of the game, where we're like so far past that in the US. And I think most of the jurors would actually appreciate that. Um, so it's a hardcore move, but in terms of like what Sam was doing, like Sam was playing against Jesse in that moment. And then she saw the opportunity to also get an idol and protection for her and Mark was crucial at that point. And I do think protection for Omer is also very important, but that's not really been his game. And can he work through strategically? Whereas I feel like, you know, Sam and Mark as like this really powerful couple returnees did need that protection, but she's working against Jesse. Um, and then she gets the idol. He doesn't have to work against Mike. In fact, he chooses to work here with Mike and not yep. take the idol. Um, we assume he's going to give it back. He hasn't voted Mike out. So he's working against Drea. He still makes probably the coolest move of the season. It was the coolest move of last season. It's 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 up there. Even the, the toned down move is like the yep. one of the biggest moves of the season. He still does that, but he does it against Drea. And he has the option there not to burn Mike. So it's not like he's making the same decision Sam did, which is like, well, I'm burning Mike anyway. Do I keep the idol? 
which, you know, yeah, he should because people need idols at this stage of the game. He keeps the ally in Mike, and I just think that that's quite indicative of Omer's game and what he's trying to do. So I get him not going with it. It would have been really cool, but it's a lot, and it's especially a lot when there might not even be a vote and you put all of these, like, very, very crucial plans in motion. So, yeah, I definitely get it. I get how he went with it with that middle option. I think that that's totally fine. All the plans were cool and had merit, I think, truly. Um, and honestly, for Omer, like, it's, it's honestly phenomenal that he's in a position to to have these three ridiculous options, to verbalize yep. them to us, to, like, be able to think them through in that moment and to be just in the positioning where he can control not just so much with him and Lindsay as the swing votes, but, like, with three just, like, insanely cool moves. And he's uh-huh. in that position where he can talk to us about being that pivot point. And that's just it's just so impressive, really. It really is, because when you actually... Having been out there, different circumstances, different people, all that stuff, to have fluid thoughts that make sense is kind of hard and takes time. So the fact that he's like, yeah, this, this, that, that, you're like, holy crap, like beyond impressed that he can actually think that way, having, you know, that they don't have, they had rice now and some coconuts, you know, we had rice every day. We did have to portion and make sure we're watching that. But he full on starved. He didn't get a reward until Lindsay took him. Like he, his mind hasn't gone. You know, he hasn't gotten tainted or distracted by anything because everybody gets distracted by something. You know, oh, so and so made me mad. Oh, so and so did this. Oh, so and so is coming after me. He doesn't care about that. He's like straight up, here are my three options because of this. He has that logical reasoning. Yeah, emotions come into it, but the fact that he can speak and you don't really hear any emotion come from it at all, I think is very impressive. And that's something that I really like. And I listen to when I hear people speak, because if there's way too much emotion going on, you're like, okay, we got to be weary of this person. When there's no emotion going on at all, you got to be weary too. But when you can get somebody who's like, no, I love this person. However, you got to think about the game. That's what I like that in between person. I feel like Omar's that person. Because he really does respect each person. He loves talking Mm. to them. I mean, he talks about his religion and how he appreciates, you know, he loves these people. I'm speaking just from what we're saying. He loves these people. He likes these people, whatever it may be. But he's like, however, let's put that to the side for a second. Let's talk about the game. That's what I love. Yeah, I mean, just watching him lay out the points. How is he doing this without like a laptop and a highlighter? Because I'm trying to analyze it and I'm writing like, yeah, all the pros and cons for all of these ideas in trying to also work in the concept of do or die and trying to work out Dre as a target versus activating the amulet versus, but the amulet will be with Lindsay, who's an ally versus do you want to piss off Mike? You know, how much do you need an idol? How much do you want to keep connections? Like these were some complex decisions for, we can talk about another option, but like three options that he's laying out. Yeah, the presence of mind is incredible. And and what has been Omer's game, even before even being able to just think through all the options and make a good decision, I think we're agreeing on, is he is in the position where he can make it because of his connections. Drea and Omer's relationship has not been really shown to us on screen. And she tells him. He's the only person that she tells. Like, he gets that. And it's his social play. And her crucial misread of him is what sends her home. But he's beaten her there with bringing her in socially and her trusting him erroneously. Like that is so incredible to me. He's like complaining about Mike to her. Like she's never going to think that he's going to work with Mike over her against her. Like it's a really bad read from Drea. Like it's, it's the end of her game. 
But that's such a credit to him. So even to be in that position, to get to that point, and then to think through the options, like, just truly, like, phenomenal. That Drea would tell Omar, of all the people, like, for someone who's had no trinkets in Omar, his game is just finding out about every trinket and then just using it to his advantage. Like, it's truly so impressive. I really, like, that's something, unfortunately, I don't understand. Um, Maybe one day I will, where when people, because it's like, Survivor 101, don't tell nobody about nothing because once you do, it's at the forefront of their mind. And then the gamble is, is this going to be a person that's happy they know where it's at and they can use it? Or is this going to be a person that says, I don't really care, get rid of them, flush it, whatever. Um, Because when I'm watching, even my season, I'm like, why are you telling people? Oh my God, stop telling people. But mind you, I've never found anything. You know, if I did and I saw it would benefit a relationship between me and somebody that maybe I wasn't that close to or somebody I was close to, but wanted to solidify it. Would I tell them, you know, it, it's like Marianne now is like, you know, I'm not telling nobody nothing good on you, girl. Cause every time I see somebody tell someone else, I'm like, Oh crap. Let's see how this goes. So it's, it's super, yeah. super hard to watch people tell others, but I'm like, you know what? I never even found anything. So <laughs> like, you don't understand yet. Um, or if you're lucky to, cause I just, I get it most of the time. Like afterwards, I'm like, yeah, I get why they told them that. But during, I'm like, oh my God, this is such a gamble. Like why? Oh God, be careful. I hope you can really trust this person. Cause there's having played is that bittersweet of now when I watch it, there is so much, so much you don't see. Because like you said, why did Drea decide to tell Omar of all people? There's something there. They were Why super close. That's what she said in the exits. Like they, they were really, really tight. And like again, what a credit to Oma for that. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just one of those things that it's like when I'm watching now, I'm like, oh man, nah, let me not read into that too much. Or oh man, I need to ask about this because how in the world did that go from the? You know, it's it's mind boggling, but it's still entertaining because I think the editing in the U S version so far has been really, really good where you do get a well-rounded episode. Like you really understand everything. Um, and you get, like you said, you had those little flashback moments and you're like, ah, so that's when that happened. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Versus just being told something and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. The editing has been great. I do think it was a bit of a myth that we didn't see how close Omar and Drea were. And apparently yep. high was in on that as well. It might've given more weight to to high's blind side and it would have been even more of a betrayal here if we'd seen just how close they had been leading to this betrayal i think it would have built that up and made it make more sense to us because we've seen her relationships with other people and we don't see her talk to omer very much and their relationship is so tight that he's the only person that she tells so that was missing a little bit from the edit in what has otherwise i think been just like such a fantastic edit um that connection was missing but in terms of telling people about having an idol like i've been the, the biggest proponent i feel of saying like i don't think it's a blanket rule that you never tell anyone uh, I think yeah. it's on the read. Like, if you tell someone who wishes the best for you, then, like, it's, tell them. you know, and but it, it's good, yeah. But, like, the thing is, very few people wish the best for you on this individual game of Survivor. So I think what I'll, I'll do the little asterisk on, sometimes you can tell people to err on the side of caution. Like, if you have even 1% doubt that they're going to screw you and you're going to give them the potential to do don't that, do then, yeah, then don't do it. Like, you, your read has to be perfect. So, like, how much are you really backing your read on this? Because if it's wrong, it's probably the end of your game. So. Yeah. You can use it to build trust. Like I do believe it's a tool in that way. And I and I think it also 
depends on the trinket. I mean, the extra vote, people were worried about it, but, you know, I've always thought, okay, you can connect on that. It's not such a huge thing, but definitely with, with, with the knowledge of power, like that is such a massive advantage. Like that's a lot of information to give. Had it been on someone who was, who was hoping for the best for her, it would be a different move. You know, it's, it's yeah. really all on the read, but her read was wrong in that way for sure. So just, just one more thing on another plan. Now we've gone through the three, Michael White suggested on Twitter to us. So another plan would be that you can let Drea take the idol from mm-hmm. Mike. So she's used knowledge as power and that idol's out of the game. Then you vote Drea out of the game. So you're banking on her not playing the idol, which I think is a risk because mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've seen her play idols before. Like I think that she could, that she could really make that move then and just assure herself after this big flashy display that she's safe. So I think you're giving yeah. her a lot of power, but you, you're trying to blindside her with an idol and try to work with her after she's taken Mike's idol. So it means you, you leave Mike in the game, but you have, You've saved him because you voted out Drea, but you haven't helped him because you let his idol get stolen. If he finds yeah. out about that, I think that's interesting. It's like another half move, a kind of anti-social move where you're working with no one, but yeah. it actually doesn't leave you with Mike's idol. Um, it means that the amulet is activated for Lindsay. So that's another con for Omar, I feel like. I feel like there's a lot of parts to this where you don't get as much of a gain. Like you don't get the relationship with Mike. You don't, yeah. Drea's out of the game. So you're not working with Drea. You're not getting an idol for yourself and the amulet been activated so for omar i see like a lot of cons in this plan but you see any merit to blindsiding drea with an idol after you've let her steal it from mike another crazy plan yeah like i get it um i don't think it's a bad idea at all but like you said what is the gain from it like could he really if he was in front of the jury, could he really claim it, claim it? Like, it would be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that was just a chance that that happened. Oh, it was just a chance that she didn't play it. Like, it don't, you didn't really do anything. You just let stuff happen. Um, so I think, yeah, and I think that's what Omar did. He weighed his options, pros, cons, pros, cons. This one has the most pros, the least amount of cons. Just go with that. Um, yeah, I don't really see too much gaining from that because... I feel like almost anyone could claim it. Even yeah, like there could be like a how can okay, so she told you about her advantage, but you didn't do anything. Like what? I don't know. Like you would have to have a really good argument to claim that because it'd be like, well, no, that just ended up happening because Lindsay didn't go home and Drea just chose not to play it. Like you didn't orchestrate. Like what he did, he orchestrated. He did. Point A, B, C, D, he made sure everything was in line to let um, Drea go home, where if it was, you know, the option you just said, don't tell Mike anything, let Drea take it in blindside. Like that would kind of just be like, oh, well, it just ended up that way. I don't know. Mm. Me, having watched it, if I was a juror, I'd be like, "Mm, okay, I get how you do about it, but how can you claim that as a move? Like you would really have to convince me where what did happen, I'd be like, bro, I see it, you're good. Yeah, you'd get the credit for blindsiding Dre with an idol, assuming she doesn't play the idol, which I think is a big if, and she would get the knowledge of power credit, which would immediately be rescinded when she gets voted out with the idol that she stole. But I think you're putting a lot of power into Dre's hands, and yeah, I don't think that you get any of the credit around knowledge of power, which is this like cool, fun trinket that is new and that the jury probably will be focusing on a lot. So I think you want to get credit specifically like around knowledge is power. I was just thinking like just control, like of all those options that when he would have the least amount of control in 
And you can't control everything in this game as we can see. So if there is an opportunity where you actually can control some stuff to at least sway it more in your favor, do it where that option, I feel like you're not really controlling every anything at all. Like you're just, all right, if yeah. this happens, great. Yeah. Drea could play her idol and you could not know how that's going to go versus this way he literally does control the whole outcome with Lindsay, which which we'll talk about. Lindsay was a big part of this. But yeah. now I, I do believe his intention is to give the idol back to Mike. Yeah. I think that things have changed based on Drea's final words, uh, where she kind of outs him as, as a strategist. He was the only one that she told. And, and Mike would know that and Lindsay would know that. But the jury finds out and the other players find out and it puts a spotlight on him. And now we get to a final six with, he, you know, he knows at least two idols. It's actually three mm-hmm. idols. Uh, and there's probably now a strong argument for keeping the idol in like total self-preservation in this like, again, anti-social move, but to get through just a couple of rounds to the end of the game. Um, it's not really the Oma game, which has been very social. It's, it's so anti-social. But what do you think about now holding on to the idol with Mike still in the game? So it's going to be a fight. <laughs> it's going to be a loud argument if he does that. But do you see merit in keeping the idol? Because I think this is like a marginal and really tough decision now. Uh, if not really, like just me right here, right now, I would give it back to Mike just because of the kind of person he is yeah, and how he is around camp. If he didn't give that idol back, we haven't seen a nasty side of Mike. Really? I think you would. I think he would be livid and you would not want to deal with it because he would not stop in my opinion, just because he's such a full on person when it comes to respect and loving his fellow contestants and enjoying the game and you saw how he acted when he thought high was against him imagine you're in front of him and you took his item like we saw um oh my gosh i can't remember his name right now and i feel so bad but the guy that took he was a lawyer and he took mike's idol to reread um daniel Daniel, when Daniel lost it, you saw Mike and he was like, "Uh, uh-uh, we're going back. Where did you drop it? Did you take it? Like we saw a glimpse of that. Omar yeah. didn't, but we saw a glimpse of that. You think Omar can really hold on to the idol in front of his face and Mike isn't going to flip out? No, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Maybe. Imagine if he tries to do the same thing as Daniel. He's like, I just lost it. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> he actually does it on purpose. Yeah. No. And not knowing Mike, maybe there's something that, I mean, Omar literally convinced him to give him his idol. Maybe there is something else being that he's done it once. Maybe Omar can do something that he'll do it again or that he'll be like, Hey, um, play it for me. You know, now he's got Mike's trust to have a little bit more control. Um, not that Mike is going to, you know, necessarily give it to him again or play it for him. But I I would give it back. There is way too many cons and too many things that you're probably going to have to figure out and get out of that aren't really necessary, in my opinion. Like at this point, your final six, you need to do what's necessary and what's needed. And that's going to make things a little bit too difficult. Like you're you're adding an extra layer a extra, I don't want to say an extra step. Like you're, you're six steps away from the finale. You're adding an extra step and you don't really need it. 
Yeah, it's tough for me because it's it's just there's just so many mechanisms in the game, and Omar is vulnerable to it. But I still think like you have to play his own game, and it's it's been the social strategy game. My inclination is for that reason to give it back. I think you can put a lot of heat on Jonathan. I wish you could kind of see how the immunity challenge plays out before he makes the decision because if Jonathan loses, I feel like that's a straight shot at Jonathan whose name has kind of been out there. Um, yeah. But obviously Mike's going to want it back like tonight. And I think give it back. You know, I think as you're saying, he's been the social player, he's been the strategic player. Can you leverage it? You know, you've saved Mike's life in the game. You've given it back. That's such a trust move. Like extreme trust has been built if you do that. Yeah. Mike shouldn't really come for you if that's, you know what he what he's done and Mike, Mike I mean I don't know Mike keeps breaking his word but he thinks he's a loyal guy can you play on that loyalty can you work with him on that and try and leverage this in your social strategic way I think that's just a more natural game for Omar although I totally see how it would be hard to give up an idol in your pocket in a in a season where there's just so much flying around and it's just like right at the very very end and you only need it to get through one of the two rounds left when both rounds are tricky and there's just so many mechanisms to come into play so I think it's tough I lean to, you know, give it back, but I can definitely see like the devil on your shoulder. That's like, no, keep it. Uh, But I I think that he should give it back for sure at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also knowing your jury. Like if that was me, I would, I would give it back with my cast, but his cast might have a little more Mm. open minds, like to the game. Like you said, it's been 42 seasons. Like they're, they want to see people get down and dirty. You need to earn because you're rewarded soul survivor. You don't just win it. You have to have your jury want you to represent them. Um, so is your jury going to think, holy crap, that's dope? Or are they going to be like, man, that's messed up because so many people like Mike. Like that's also, imagine if he did it, like him doing it to Drea, I think the jury, whoever ends up on it, like overall, if he pitched to them, they'd be like, yeah, she really was like, we all gun for her. We all get it. Where if he doesn't give Mike his idol back, um, some of the jury might be like, oh man, but we loved Mike. Like that was messed up when Mike Mm -hmm. gives you his word, you know, like it's, it's so much that you have to read into. Um, But yeah, yeah. I think like we both said, I would just go ahead and give it back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about Mike this week because in saying, you know, when Mike gives you his word, he is not giving his word on active lives like he does for the five when he's like planning on blindsiding Drea. Like it's not even like, oh, I, I intended to work with you, but things have changed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, did with Lydia, for example, when he, could, you know, was going to take a bullet for her, but then there was only so many people to vote out. Like this, he's like really like 
lying as he gives his word. Like, Mind's Game is becoming really interesting to me. I think it's fallen quite far for me in the last few weeks, the way he was duped last week, and then he's putting people off socially here, and he seems, like, a little bit obtuse about the dynamics, like, really claiming the high move when he was, like, led so much like a puppet, and, and he's so out of the reality of understanding what happened there. I thought that that was, like, really bad from an edit perspective, and just from, like, a reality perspective, that's the way that he's seeing the game. Uh-huh. So... I think that those things are pretty negative for the way that Mike's game is going. You know, uh, Drea also said that Mike told her he might play the idol, which is why she wanted to steal it. Like he could never have known that it would go this poorly, but it also feels like a lot of information to give your target. So some strange things from Mike this week, but in saying that he did put out Drea's name, he does put out Romeo as a decoy for her, which seems to be working. In fact, she actually uses it. She's like, Romeo, Mike put out your name. It's like, no, you were the decoy. And now it's being used against Mike, which was funny. Mm-hmm. But to his credit, like the Drea plan was happening after the immunity challenge. And I really do feel like he was not driving it last week, but this week he actually was. He uh-huh. had his foot on the pedal for better or worse. So like some, some good parts of that and some actual like leading things in ways that make sense against Drea, who's such a big threat. Um, Oma chooses him, goes with him, possibly because Drea is a bigger threat. Lindsay chooses to go with him. He wins out in that battle. But just from like a general broader game perspective, like there's a lot of concerning parts to where Mike is going, I feel, in the game. I think we can just see him like I don't want to say figuring it out because he's aware of the game but adjusting because I think he came into the game hard on his sleeve honest guy I want to play an honest game then he starts seeing people get down and dirty he's like oh wait hold on I I need to change that up because that kind of hurt so I think we're seeing him adapt um now is it going to be successful you know, last night it was, or on the last episode it was, but is it going to continue that way? Because you're just now adjusting where everybody else has been in that mode already. Mm -hmm. Um, So is it, yeah, it worked out today, but it's not going to keep working out because even, you know, if he starts barking orders like Rox did or like Hyde did, he starts getting onto this pedestal. I think Omar pointed out before is he then going to mess himself up? Because now he's like, oh, I figured it out. Now it's going my way. Hold up. Hold up. You know, there's other people here, too. And they've been doing this. Um, so it's ooh, time will tell. Because I think like most people, they get on that high of this just worked out for me. Let's keep going. But you still have to remember to step back. And reanalyze now that you have a different perspective, now you need to start noticing things. Now you need to start listening a little bit differently than what you did before. Cause you took people's work. He literally said, I take people at face value. When he said that I was like, good grief. Don't ever tell people that even if that's what you feel, because now they're like, Oh, I could tell him anything. He's just going to believe it. Um, and then now that people are seeing that he will, he's willing to lie. Like before Mike says what he means and that's it. But Omar sees not nah, he'll he'll just say whatever now because now he's starting to get it. He you can't tell people that. Um so I don't know if maybe he's adjusting but I think it might be too late because people realize oh no now now he's flipping. Now he can say one thing and it's the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. it, it's super super hard. Yeah, like I think it's a good thing for your game to evolve, especially when you start it at like an impossible point where it's about giving your word and let's just not what the game can sustain. 
So his game evolves, but then he started in such a rigid place that like yeah. that evolution can feel uncomfortable to people. I don't even know if he's like understands to himself like how much permission he's now giving himself to be against what he had purported himself to be from the beginning. Yeah. Um, he definitely can't go around telling that to people like, hey guys, I realize that the word thing is pointless and I'm going to start lying now. So he can't tell people that. So he's already showed that he's the man of his word and he's not anymore, but he can't like make a big song and dance about that. And yep. it's just now hypocritical or contradictory for himself internally, probably because I don't, I don't feel like we're getting the confessional where he's like, well, now I'm playing, you know, I feel yeah. like he's still talking about his word or, you know, kind of his entitlement to parts of the game. I really love Mike as a character. And I think that's fascinating as a character, but even parts of where he felt there's clear hypocrisy, like that he felt that High was was being the king, and then he in that confessional was like acting, you know, like the king. So I feel like there's hypocritical elements that are difficult because he started at such a rigid point, and because I don't know that he can see the hypocrisy himself, and because he can't let his game vocally evolve from that, because then he would, you know, put everyone onto the fact that he's now like boldly playing the game, and that's just not something that you say to people. So it's a really hard one for Mike, and it would be why I suggest that you don't go in ever playing that integrity word mateshipy kind of game because the yeah. game can't sustain it and it will turn you into a hypocrite. And if you can acknowledge it to even yourself, that'll be best case scenario because you can't acknowledge it to everyone else. So I think Mike's in a hard spot with that. But I thought some good stuff in the episode and that like at least Adrea thing is his plan and makes sense. And she's yeah. a big big player. So you know he got that done. For Lindsay, I want to talk about Lindsay because we've been talking about it all from Owen's perspective, but she's a part of it to the point where we see at least that it's her plan to swap the idols. So like huge tick for Lindsay. We've talked about the do or die decision being bad, but beyond that, um, I really like the way Lindsay comes out of this episode. I think it's a much clearer decision because she doesn't have the conflict that Oma does of like Drea big threat. But if Drea is out of the game, then you've activated an idol I don't have. For Lindsay, it's the perfect and ideal option, which is take out the big threat in Drea and I get an idol and I've won the amulet war, which is amazing. And we see like, why you wouldn't want to trigger the amulet war because the second high was out, both Drea and Lindsay are talking about how despite the connection they seem to have, they'd be totally fine with the other one going so that they yep. get an idol. So while I feel it was a much clearer decision for Lindsay um, and there w- wasn't as much kind of nuance and conflict as there would be for Oma because the amulet discussion is the opposite for her. I just love the way that she comes out of this. I think that she's socially positioned so well. I think everyone just seems to like her. They're all complaining about each other to her. They're all fighting with each other and complaining to Omer and Lindsay about it, which is what allows them to be these like key swings, like socially amazing, positioning amazing. And she's won the Amulet War and she's come out of this with a huge threat out. Like it's gone so well for Lindsay, uh, despite the, you know, fears of do or die. Like I thought this was otherwise a great episode for her. Yeah, I agree. And she... I don't know how she did it, but the fact that she is in that great of a position and she's a strong player because she was the only one to stand up against Jonathan. You know, people see that, but and they people like that. Yeah, exactly. They because shouldn't, in my because mind, it was a bad decision, but, but an Australian survivor cast would love that. They'd be like, yeah, you backed yourself. And, and you can even see, and like, I would be like, no bad strategic decision points against you, which is what I'm saying on this podcast. But I feel like a lot of competitors like Roxbury, Mike on a jury would like, they're going to really respect that, even though it was like illogical, but it was like ballsy. And I feel like some jurors will really like that. And then it worked out. Exactly. I I 100% agree with that. Um, And luck was on her side. Um, And the good thing is, I think that she is such a good player that I'm glad it worked out. Like, you know, there's some players where you're like, man, come on, like, I wouldn't be that salty if they got a skull, but like mm-hmm. it, it felt good that she didn't, um, which means a lot. 
And I think she just put herself in a great position because I thought she was going a little bit earlier because I didn't see, you know, as much from her as I did others. Um, so I was like, okay, like, you know, let's see what kind of player she is, but she, she's a really, really strong player. She's strategic. She's putting herself in really, really good positions, despite the fact that she's so strong and everybody sees it and they actually acknowledge it themselves. Um, and she's just kind of in the background, like she's doing that under the radar, but still right in front of you game. And I love it. Yeah, and she was the one who pushed for Drea. Like, you see that she says, my guts, Drea. Obviously, her guts, Drea, she wants the idol. And Omer's like, my guts, Mike. Obviously, his guts, Mike, because he doesn't want another idol in the game. I feel like that amulet was a really big part of this. And I see definitely the merit for Omer, but for Lindsay to really get it over the line, to get everything she could possibly want out of this, I think yep. is really, really just another stellar week for Lindsay in a row. I want to, to talk about Drea as mm-hmm. a character, kind of like what she leaves the season with, because... I thought, I mean, firstly, to deliver the eulogy for for Drea, like as a character and a player, like I think we haven't seen a player like her. She came in at 100. I said that it was either going to go, you know, one way or the other. And I think it kind of went both. Like I think that she had like success with it. She was like the person to beat. They said that she would beat anyone at the end. She was this huge threat and target for a reason. She did collect the trinkets in record numbers. Like she played so hard and it was so compelling to watch. It was really only a couple of mistakes that we'll talk about that were the downfall. Like, there's a pathway here where Lindsay goes out and do or die and she doesn't tell Omar that that's, that's really the key mistake. And then she steals Mike's idol. Well, she has the amulet next time. And then she steals Mike's idol at five or next time and uses it for, for the next time. And she's through to the final four on that trinket game that we've been talking about. She's through to fire on protecting herself with the things that she's collecting. It's been that alpha game from the get-go. And there was such a pathway there that could have led it to fire, that could have led it to the end, in which she apparently would have beaten anyone. And that was before even idle steals and idle plays and probably winning at fire and all these impressive things. So there was a pathway that slipped up in unfortunate ways in like the last kind of 20 minutes of this episode. But, but I mean, before we even get to that, just like as a player, I really feel that as a character, she was just really a phenomenal addition to the season. And I think that she is a clear returnee for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed her game as well. Um, the fact that she was, how do you say, I want to say like she was cutthroat, but you respected it. You knew mm. that it wasn't anything like a personal attack because, you know, some people get cutthroat, but the, it's like, oh, they're just kind of being mean or something i feel like hers was a little bit more like no game wise you're not doing nothing for me so bye like not a lot of emotion into it um and i really like that and the fact that she was willing because everybody says you have to watch what you say you have to watch how you speak and that's true and i think she did that as well but not a lot like she was still herself and that came across very clearly and i like watching people who are themselves. Like when you meet them, you're like, yeah, this is probably how they're going to be. And they are that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't met her, but like, she feels like one of those people. Um, And I just overall, like, I wanted to know what she was thinking, which says a lot. Um, Yeah. And I think she was a really big player. And the fact that she made it as far as she did, Because I thought, oh, maybe like, you know, uh, Tori was kind of going after her earlier and this and that. And she wasn't shying away from anybody either. You knew if she liked somebody or she didn't. You knew she if she was trying to gun for somebody or wasn't. Um, And I respected that because that's not easy, especially to Mm -hmm. then know people are gunning for you, but still making it through, still making it through, still 
being such a hard player, but making connections with people like Omar. Um, cause when I see her, I'm like, oh, she, she probably doesn't have any close relationships, but then you see the game go on and you're like, no, actually she does. She is playing with who she wants to play with. She's not just going to go with whatever, whether it works in her favor or not. And I think she's one. And I think that's why her exit went the way it did because she was satisfied with what she did because it was true. She like, maybe she's going to have regrets of, you know, telling Omar and this and that, but at the moment she was like, I'm satisfied. And I think that's so important as a player to have that perspective. Yeah, like her social game was so interesting because it felt in like little parts that it was a bad social game. Like she's a blunt person. We've spoken yeah. about it. But then there were these clear connections. She was always with the number. She was always with the majority. It became a trinket game. It became an individual alpha game for her. But I think more because she was such a threat and not because like in a Ben way, like Ben was a big threat, but also like with Mike, for example. Okay, Ben Ben was more of a threat. Mike, people didn't like in Mike Holloway. Um, yeah. it was, he socially put people off. I don't feel like Drea did that. I just felt like she became so much of a threat that she had to rely on the mechanisms and she collected those mechanisms magnificently. Yeah. But the, the thing that was interesting was it was that social aspect, that connection aspect that burned her um, yeah. because she does tell Omar. And we've spoken about the duality of Omar and Drea the entire season like they're playing such different games but both so well to their extremes like Drea is like hardcore alpha game she has every trinket in the in the game she's gonna get through that way and again in in a different world with just a couple of sliding door moments going differently I think it gets her the win I think yeah. that, that you know there's just, there's just this one mistake and maybe do or die goes a different way even if it doesn't she doesn't tell Oma she steals the idol like wins one challenge like she's through like she's racing through the game and she's winning challenges and she's playing things like it's a strong game and I think that it, it could it could be a winning game for sure. Um but then Omer's game has been the opposite. It's been social, it's been strategic, it's been covert, as, as Vernon was saying last week. It's been, you know, under the radar, it's been the puppet master, you know, you don't see it, and it's been building those social connections. And she tells him the information. So his covert intel gathering, where he hasn't had even one mechanism in the game but has found out about all of them because people trust him so much, that yeah. wins over her trinket. And I yeah. don't believe Truly, maybe I'm a pessimist. Maybe I'm just like a realist. I don't believe that that's indicative of what modern US Survivor is. I think there's so much in the game that Dreya's game would be the one I really would back more times. I don't think Omer's game, and I'm still worried for it because he's vulnerable. I don't think that that social strategic game is made for modern Survivor. I would back Dreya's game more times. But I do think it's really interesting that we've spoken about this duality the whole, you know, for the last few weeks of the season because it's been so different but so extreme on both ends. And Omer wins out. And I, I always go for Intel over Trinkets, to be honest. As much as I love Drea, like, I'm excited that that would win out. I don't trust that that's what US Modern Survivor is. But I like that it worked out that way and that that was her downfall. That was, like, that was really the hole in her game was that it should have been more individual. She should have been telling no one. She should have yeah. really just been her and her bag of tricks fighting against the world and they could have fought it out to win the game. But the second she let someone in more and made it more of a social game and connected more, that's what burned her. She needed to be somehow even more individual and alpha and strong. And I think that that could have led her on a winning path. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I can definitely see it. And it, it's those those split decisions, man. You don't think about it until afterwards. And especially with the way that these last two seasons have been, I feel like there's so much shared about these trinkets and people until, you know, hindsight is always 2020. People don't realize how much you should actually keep them to yourselves because there's so many. 
There's so many that people are just like, oh, just share the information, tell somebody whatever, when in fact you should keep to yourself because there are so many that you need to make sure nobody knows what's in your pocket. So they don't know what's out there. They don't know that there's a steal and advantage, steal or idol, steal or whatever. Um, man, and that's, I don't even know what to say about it because like her decision was made, her game was done, but could have been so, I possibly made it to final two or three, whatever it is. But then Omar still got her, like he still got her to trust him the way that she did. And that means a lot as a person that we see Drea present herself, you know, like we see Drea as this hardcore person who is playing an individual game, but he still got her. So it's, it's so, Mm. I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm trying to get the words out, but it's like, she's playing this individual game. She is killing it. She's collecting all these things. But Omar still had that social aspect above her. And you can see how much that actually matters in the game. You can have all the trinkets in the world, but you got somebody that's strategic and social. Boom, you're done. Mm. Yeah, you can have all the trinkets in the world, but one wrong read will yeah. will destroy you. And and the thing with Dreya as well, she was playing with so much fire. Um, the, the, the kind of firepower that played correctly I think was a winning game yeah. but once she just let even a little bit in uh she got burned by by all her trinkets in the end like it's it's kind of ironic that we've spoken about just how much power she had the whole time but like in this one tribal council the extra vote they were talking about what a threat that made her for some reason um she plays it wrong in this tribal council um as she like gets voted out they're you know worried about the the knowledge of power she again they they counter that with information so she loses on the knowledge of power as well. And the amulet, I think, put a much higher bounty on her head. I think for someone like Lindsay, Lindsay might be advocating for her or protecting her, just their relationship, but she has a bounty and she'd rather have the idol, which makes a lot of sense. So instead, Lindsay's like pushing for her. And it's all these threatening aspects that the second that she, again, yeah, let a little bit in and got a little bit wrong and made this one really crucial mistake, there was just a lot there to burn her. So an unfortunate fall for a you know, a huge threat, a good player, a flawed but great player, I would say, um, who's been a threat the whole time. I actually think, like, I didn't give enough credit last week because she retreated after playing her idol. Like, they targeted her two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she played her idol. Last week, they're not talking about her high is, is a shield, and she kind of talked in her exits how she regretted losing high as a shield, although I don't kind of feel that she was in the driver's seat to change that last week. But she retreated, played more of a passive game. She does get rid of high. She does lose that shield. Um, and then they come for her. But I do think, you know, having that threat level off her last week, that there's some impressive stuff in there that I don't feel I gave enough credit to last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was always going to come back, I think. It was always going to follow her because she was just such a clear and apparent threat that yep. she needed her protection. And the second that, yeah, there was just like any gap in that protection, it it doomed her. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's an unfortunate one. What about her playing her extra vote? What about, you know, she goes with the plan. And I, I wanted to ask you about this because, I feel like had she registered in the moment what had happened when Mike says he doesn't have an idol, she only told Omar. Yeah. So I think it's really hard in the moment, but I think if you're registering it, you're like, oh, Omar's betrayed me. Oh, this this plan where, you know, we're voting with Lindsay and Romeo and I'm playing my extra vote, that's not happening because clearly he's not with me. I should be playing my shot in the dark. I think had the dots connected in the moment, and I don't blame her because I'm sure a million thoughts are running through her head right before yeah. she goes to vote, but I think she got the heads up that Oma had betrayed her by the fact that Mike didn't have an idol and no one else could know to move that idol. Like, you know, he has an idol. He said the phrase. So 
I think that the move there is not to play your extra vote. Um, it's to play your shot in the dark. So I think that would have been the move for her. What do you think about the way that she voted after kind of everything all went to hell for her? I actually thought she was going to play her shot in the dark when she did it. I was just a little bit confused because I was thinking they didn't show us obviously yet that Omar did take Mike's idol. So I was like, maybe he did do that double, double cross and end up getting rid of Mike. So I was like, okay, maybe she has some Intel we don't know about. Um, but then obviously she went home and I was like, okay, so she didn't. Um, it was very 50, 50. Like I was confused and I'm thinking, oh, he went back to her. So she's good. Then it was like, oh wait, no, she wasn't. Okay. Then she, she just had a moment. So like you just said, so many things were going on in her mind that she just didn't realize it at the moment or didn't think to do it. Um, or had so much confident in confidence, excuse me, in other people that she thought it wasn't going to be her. Um, but I, I was waiting for a shot in the dark when I didn't see it. I thought Omar must have went back and told her as well. Yeah. But, yeah. To be fair, like I'm saying that, oh, she should have known that Omar had betrayed her because yeah. he didn't let her, her steal the idol. But we're saying there was, he was saying there are plans where he doesn't let her steal the idols, but he still votes with her, in which case, that, yeah, she should. She should be keep voting with him. I don't. She didn't need the extra vote. Like it's it's seven people. Like you don't need the extra vote. Like maybe if she could do this, the perfect thing probably is to like still vote on the four with Omar just in case he's still with you and doing the double double play. And can you play your extra vote as a shot in the dark? And then you have the one in six protection in case you need it. And you've still voted on the majority on four to three because the extra vote was just kind of piling on to a you know five to three that wasn't super necessary. So you know in in her mind that, that that's what was happening. So, yeah, I feel like if you could do that, that would be really fun. Like split your two votes and play one on a shot in the dark and then protect defensively. And then you're still voting offensively. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was really like, I don't know. It was just so confusing watching it because all I can think is what don't I know? What conversations did I not see as a player? Um, But I do wish she had your train of thought. Um, I do wish that she played her shot in the dark because even if it was a no, I think she would have even been, you know, she was pretty satisfied when she left, but I think she would have been even more satisfied just to be like, okay, yeah, I did literally everything I could. Like if she has any regrets, it might be that she didn't play her shot in the dark, but if she had done it and even if she wasn't saved, then it'd be like, all right, yeah, it is my time to go. Um, And so be it. That episode I think was just, so entertaining as a viewer, but so confusing as a player to try and track every single person um, and their train of thought, because there was so much, like I said, we didn't see and some we saw afterwards and then hearing what people have to say about it. It was just that that I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know where if I was there, where I would be and what I would be thinking, being hungry, being tired. Lindsay making it and oh my god yeah I mean I would love to see someone play their shot in the dark on an extra vote and I feel like Drea would have been so perfect because yeah 
like he's using the trinket on another trinket. She's had so many things, you know, she's like accumulated all these powers, which would just be so perfect. And it really does cover that defensive game where if they are against you, you have some protection, hopefully it hits. And that offensive game where you're still voting. And if you don't need the extra vote, like you're still contributing your vote to the plan. And um, if it really is your numbers that you think are going to win out, then you've like covered both bases. So that could have been pretty cool. But I, you know, you talked about how entertaining it was as a viewer. Like we have to talk about her exit. Because it was, I think, honestly, iconic, instantly iconic, as they would say. Um, and But I think divisive, like I've long said, when these players who were technically non, you know, they're jurors, they're out of the game, you, they have nothing to lose anymore. They, they, you know, they're not players in the game, they're on a different level from the players. They get voted out and there's like this purgatory between getting voted out and having your torch enough where like anyone can say anything, which I think is a problematic precedent. That just mm-hmm. exists in every franchise. And she gives a lot of information. She says she's rooting for Lindsay. That's not great. She says Michael win at the end. Gives a death, as he says. She says Omar, she kind of asks a strategic game. She shares it around. Like, I don't think it was malicious. She's, like, giving these, like, hilarious parting gifts. I'd be sitting there like, oh, my God, what, what am I going to get? Yeah. Um, so there's no malice in it, and it's filled with joy, and it's such a great TV moment and showed so much of the personality of her and the cast and Mike, and it was a great TV moment. But as a player... Imagine you voted someone out and she's going around and like outing your game. Like, how do you feel about that purgatory position? Cause I've long said, you know, send the players down trap doors, but I don't know if you agree. <laughs> um, uh, it's okay. As a player, I wouldn't want that obviously for many reasons, but if I wasn't working with her and I didn't have anything on her, I would be loving it. Because I'm like, whole, like when Jesse didn't say anything about Sam, I was like, man, I would have said something because I would have been furious. But then if I was her, I'd be dying inside, you know? So it's, as a player, I would love to hear what she had to say about other people. But if I was working with her, if I was Omar, I'd be devastated that she said something. And I would instantly go into get out of this mode. How can I fix this? Um. And hopefully I can fix it. I honestly mm. don't think I would say anything, though. As a player, if I was leaving, I don't think I would say anything just because of how I am. I don't really want to blow up anyone's game. Now, I haven't been done dirty or anything like that. Um, so maybe if I was, I'd have a different feeling because I'd be like super salty. But just me right now, I wouldn't blow up anyone's game because I would want it to kind of be fair. When you left, you should have been like, that slide, super dangerous. Let's just talk about how bad that slide is. Like, you yeah. could see That was the only thing that really blindsided you was the slide. But I think like the crux of the issue is what you said, which was like, if you're working with her, it's great. She's saying about everyone else. But that, again, disincentivizes strategizing in bold moves and blindsides because you don't want to take someone out in some ruthless, cool, fun TV way because they might out your whole game. So that's a dangerous precedent. I think even from a TV perspective, like I thought this was a fantastic TV moment. There's no way that production wants to shut that down because it's really great, so authentic, and they can't even police those emotions. They're too real. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Just be like, you can't talk? Like, that takes away kind of the lifeblood and, and a lot of, you know, the beauty of the show. But we've had these iconic moments. But I do think if it becomes a precedent, that is really concerning because from a gameplay perspective, it, it yeah, makes you more conservative. It should make you more conservative, which is bad from a TV perspective. So while you get these like great glimmers of moments, it could be worse long term. And I also think if everyone starts doing it, uh, it won't even be fun and exciting because it won't even be unique. So I think that they 
probably need to think about it if this sets some sort of precedent. Not that we haven't seen big reactions before, but if everyone yeah. wants to say their piece, that becomes a gameplay issue. That becomes a TV issue. That becomes extremely unfun for everyone. So, like, yeah, while it's a part of the game now, it can be expected. Players do have to think about it when they're playing. You do have to consider it. I think all of that is fair, but there's still that unfair element. And the show needs to think about it, honestly, because I do think, A, trapdoors are hilarious. Yeah. Maybe incorporate them into a game. But also, yeah, you don't want your players thinking, like, well, I can't blindside this player because they have this tiny little window where they'll just out everything that I'm doing. And that just feels like it's just too risky for my game. Yeah, that that's why, like, me, I don't think I would ever do it. Um, I couldn't see myself doing it because I would think to myself, damn, like, I don't know. I just, I try my best to put myself in other people's shoes. So if I'm Omar, I'm furious. If I'm Drea, I feel liberated. But as Drea, Drea would probably be furious if somebody did it to her. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of one of those things like, I don't think I would ever do it just because of how I am. I'm not that type of person. I'd rather just see them crash and burn on their own rather than me being the reason why, because at the end of the day, if they got me, they got me. And so be it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't do it. And I hope it's not something that people continue to do because I don't ever want to have to feel like I can't pull off a move because somebody's just going to out me immediately after. Um, yeah. It takes away a lot of the game because that's something when everybody got out, I was calling what happened, who did this? What? Oh my gosh. I didn't even know about that. That takes away from it. You know, that's, that's part of the game is that you really don't know what's going on until afterwards and if everybody knows everything and you know now omar's game he's just gonna have to figure a lot of stuff out because of what she said um and Mm. nobody really wants to deal with that because now you're taking you took 10 steps forward but because of that one thing she said he's taking five steps back yeah it it definitely complicates this game and it's hard from a commentator perspective because it's like what monster would even say there's anything wrong with that incredible moment which was definitely a highlight of the season like her goodbye and her reaction was so entertaining um and i definitely really enjoyed the moment but i think from a gameplay perspective and from a tv perspective i just think like yeah the long-term precedent can definitely be concerning and even in this moment like should it be allowed but i definitely enjoyed it in the moment as well last thing before we get to the chizzy i just wanted to ask you about romeo because we saw a lot of like negative pov from romeo he's frustrating people um and he votes incorrectly again Ironically, he has not resolved either the Drea or High like long-term conflict in his vote because he actually voted with them, was the only one to vote with them, but like not in a way that I feel was like socially great. Although, yeah, Drea does include him on the plan. Uh, for High last week, I really felt like he was trying to split against Shot in the Dark and he comes back this week and he seems to have been in on it. This week, he could have been trying to do the same thing in case Drea just uses her Shot in the Dark. Everyone votes for Drea. Is he going to be the public consensus vote when there's zero votes? They revote Romeo. But I think he probably was left out this week because the last yeah. thing we see is that he's told Mike and everyone else the last thing they're told is Drea. So it actually yeah. makes sense that he was left out. So yeah, voting incorrectly. People are upset about the rice stuff. Like, where do you see Romeo's spot right now? Uh, at the bottom. Yeah. He, he might be one of those people that people take to the end because they know he got on people's nerves and that they have a perspective that he really wasn't doing much because of all the comments made that all he does is sit around camp. Um, He might be one of those people that others just want to sit next to because they have a, they feel like he's just not going to win anything. 
um, or they'll get his votes. Um, I just watching, I wouldn't really see myself playing with him just because of his and high situation. Like they connected really, really well, but then he kind of flipped and, and then he was being like really loud. Um, the second rocks flipped who had immunity, then he was, you know, like those are kind of red flags to me. Like we said, if Mike just all of a sudden starts doing stuff, it's like, whoa, 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 hold up. Where's this person coming from? This is a completely different side of the coin that I didn't even know about. Like, this is too much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. he needs to step up, but not too much because he was like under the radar. Then he was super, super loud. Then he's at camp kind of sitting around letting people do stuff, but you're eating all the food and you're not helping and you're this and you're that. And his confessionals, he's complaining a lot as well, which tells me he's probably complaining in camp as well. Um, so it's, it's a delicate balance of you voicing your opinion versus complaining and getting on other people's nerves. Like they're not comfortable either. And a lot of people aren't really liking him, but maybe because of that, he'll go to the end because other people see, Oh, I can sit next to him and he won't get any votes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I hope I'm not wrong. I don't see him as a winner. Um, just because of how turbulent his time has been. Yeah, you see him on the bottom compared to Marianne. And Marianne, like, is, like, sees it as an opportunity. Like, she's aware of her position. She sees that she can, like, make inroads and, like, what is she going to do with it? Whereas, like, Romeo seems so just kind of bitter about the fact that he's just been socially on the bottom. And I'm sure it's a really hard spot. But he's, like, screw them all. And it's like, well, can't be screw them all because, yeah, like, you need them. You need them as plays in the game. You need them as jurors, hopefully. And, you know, when you're eating the rice and he's, like, looking at the camera, like, as if, like, no one knows. But they all know. So you're not even being, like, subtle about it. And yeah. you need to be fake and like try and work with them because yeah, there's no screw them all. Like everyone needs each other. Like it is a social game and as jurors, you're going to need them then. So I think that that like kind of duality between him and Marianne who have both been on the bottom. And, and I think like he's kind of seeing it maybe glass half empty and in true Marianne fashion, she's seeing it glass half full and is just like very aware of her positioning and just kind of like where she can go from here. And, and, and the fact that by being on the bottom, people aren't looking at them and they talk about that and how, it's put them in a really good position. And I think she sees those positives and will make use of them. Whereas like Romeo is just a little bit too buried in his feelings with it. Um, but you mentioned that you don't see him as a winner. Do you have a winner pick before we get to the Chile? Do you, do you have someone you think is going to win it from here? Um, I hope it's Omar. I'm really loving his game just because like we said, the way he thinks through things. And I really love that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Lindsay was up there. Like Omar would be number one. Lindsay would be number two. Drea was number three. But if not, Drea may be Marianne because of how aware she is about mm-hmm. a lot of things. Um, like we just said, yeah, she's at the bottom, but she sees the benefit of it. She sees there are things that can be done versus Romo, Romo, excuse me, Romeo, who's kind of just like blah about it and salty. Mm. Yeah, actually, you know what? Talking about this is kind of changing my chili considerations mid-podcast. So let's take it away, Jacob Sega Weinstein, MC Color, and we'll get to the chili and give out these points. One, two, three. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of reconsidering my chili points. I actually think, yeah, that I have to in our discussions about it. Because I'm gonna give three points to Omar. 
uh-huh. um, who I think, you know, I think he probably, he made the best move of the episode and that Drea told him about knowledge is power. Like that's the key. Uh-huh. And everything else we've spoken about, we liked his choice, the positioning and even the capacity to have these options in front of him is amazing. So I'm giving him three points. Lindsay is someone I could have given three to. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I would have because of, you know, Oma's the one who gets that information. She's the one we see verbalize the swap. We don't know who would have said it first. We see it as her. But Oma getting that information, I do think is like the most important thing of the episode. But she would have really been in contention for my three because I just love the way that she comes out of this episode with a clearer choice, as we've said. But yeah, to to win the Amulet War, um, to just have that continued great social game, to be part of all of this, she and Oma are the swings through everything. But I'm definitely docking a point for do or die. And yeah, even going wrong on Monty Hall, like those are two clear wrong decisions, even though they worked out. So not even going to, you know, have the competition against Oma would have been an interesting one for three, but I'll give Oma three. I'll give Lindsay two for all the other good that she did around the terrible do or die decision. She's aware that it was bad. Um, And I was going to give a point to Mike because it was his plan. Like he was really pushing Drea. But like the more I spoke to, to you about it here, I'm just thinking the social stuff for me is so bad. And like every week I feel like he falls further out of winning contention for me. So I think yeah. I actually will on the spot, truly like live Shizzy right now. I'm actually going to give the point to Marianne because I think that her perception and the way that she approaches it is so key in being on the bottom. And I think like she has an extra vote, but no one's talking about it, but it's such a big thing for Drea. She has an idol no one knows about, like just the key positioning. I think she continues to move up for me. She's progressing. Whereas Mike, even though yes, his fingerprints are all over this move. I think he's, decreasing i think his game is getting worse and i think the way that they're talking about him and just the way we seem in confessional not knowing where he stands i don't think i can give that a point so yeah i'm gonna give the point to marianne and what are your points nina three points omar Mm -hmm. um for the exact same reasons like we've been talking about this entire time two to Lindsay. um although i do like that she stepped up strategically bad choice like we said um, and then my one point to Marianne, because of her awareness, that's what really goes as the game goes on. And the fact that she is still able to think things through while being at the bottom and not giving, getting overwhelmed by it means a lot because Mike feels like he's at the top. We see his confessionals when in fact, he's just being driven by other people, but he is not aware of it. And that's really, really important. That's something that I would tell myself every day is don't make decisions that are only going to benefit other people. And Mm, while he he's making decisions that are benefiting himself, he doesn't realize that he's in the back seat. He's not even in the passenger seat. He's in the back seat because of what Omar is doing and telling him. Um, So I want to give my point to Marianne. Yeah, no, I, I think that that feels right. Like, even though Lindsay and Oma do choose to go with him, I feel like that's probably more that they want to go against Drea, who's such a big threat. So it's even like that he's less threatening. Like, there's just a lot of more negative stuff there. Whereas Marianne is, is doing less. Like, yeah, this isn't her plan, but she's still peripherally included and her awareness is good and she's in a good spot, I think. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think she, she progresses every week. That's the way that I see it. It's in small little increments, but I see it getting better. So the charts currently, Oma has sped ahead he's easily coming first on 32 drea was coming second she's now left on 19 Lindsay's come up to the third now on 12 then high left on 11 and marianne is now on 11 mike is on 10 romeo's on nine jonathan's on six troy left on three daniel swathy and jenny left on two and lydia left on one so a live chizzy 
It's very exciting. Nina, thank you so much for giving your time to talk about the episode. It's been, yeah, again, a big relief for me, a great distraction. I'm sorry if my head was a little all over the place today. I hope that I could even, you know, remotely discuss Survivor in any articulate way. I don't even know really what I said because it's been such a hazy week for me, but it was definitely a great distraction and I hope that I could talk about it even a little bit. But Nina, thank you so much. And where can the listeners find you on social media to keep up with what you're doing? They can just find me on Instagram at Nina underscore untwined. And thank you for having me. I hope I know I go all over the place just because I have so many different things that I'm thinking about at once. Um, So I appreciate you just taking out the time to continue to do this, being that you've had a really tough week and that I'm able to be the one that you get to talk to today. No, I really appreciate it. It really was genuinely like when I say this, like it was a really fun time, but it's not just that like how much I need a fun time right now cannot be overstated. So thank you so much for being here. You know, I really, really appreciate the conversation and getting to talk about Survivor. It's a silly little show, but it means a lot to me. And yeah, getting to have a conversation with someone like you and have fun with it has definitely meant a lot this week. So you can follow me at Shannon Gates. Subscribe to the International Survivor Hap-Ups feed. Next week for the penultimate episode, I will be talking to Kieran Naidu, who is someone I'm meeting in person tomorrow which is extremely fun for everyone. And I also wanted to say, uh, apply for Survivor Canberra if you are someone who is in the general vicinity of Canberra. I tweeted about it. Reach out if you can't find it because applications are open for that. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that. But Nina, thank you so much again. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes and I will see you next week. Bye. Australian Survivor. 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 South African 12, ordinary Australians. 16 New Zealanders. Give me the One million pounds. Million euro. Million. 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 Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.